right, there we go. And we're live. Welcome everybody to uh, another episode of Workflow Wednesday. Today we are joined by Eugene Capon of Capon Design uh, and Capon Studio. Capon uh, Studios. Yeah. Capon. Capon. My bad. Um, all right. Cool. Um, well, thank you. Oops. And we're live. There we go. That's better. Um, so thank you for uh, taking your time out of the day and joining us today. Eugene. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, I'm pumped really, to be here. Yeah. Oh, we were we were talking a little bit before, and that's kind of why we're a minute or two late because we got we're really excited to, yeah yeah to we got into like on. family histories and the fact yeah. that houston and i might be related hmm, oh, I'm, <laughs> now i'm actually really curious about that um but yeah so um again thank you super super glad to have you on um and i, I always like to start off with the basics uh, like we were kind of talking about before um just in case anybody doesn't already know who you are and what you do give us a little background of of, of all that how you got started of course. And, uh the the short answer is I'm a, I'm a YouTuber. Uh, the long answer is I'm the CEO of Studio Capin, which is an which is a XR content creation and animation studio. Uh, we originally were out of the uh, University of Washington's Comotion Labs, and now our offices are in Tacoma, Washington. Right on. No. So, hey, cool. Thank you. So, um, and actually, I mentioned this again before as well. Um, you said XR, and so I know VR, AR. What so, is XR? So XR is the over-encompassing term for MR, VR, AR. Uh, basically, anything within that realm that doesn't count as meat space, which is okay. what you and I are in right sure. now. Okay. Oh, all right. So kind of, they just kind of take a little step yeah, further. Yeah, it's, it's the... like if you want to like throw them all in, because if you get into a lot of acronyms, you know, it becomes very confusing very fast. If you just say XR, you know, it's it's everything. Okay. So, so and, cool. and a lot of these tools are, you know, very much related to each other. I mean, yeah. like you might be able to take something that works very well in VR, have it transfer into like AR, you know, the glasses are oh. run on a lot of the same technology, a lot of the same... Um, you know, systems for, for content creation and whatnot. Sure. And actually AR, I, I think is going to be, is going to be big. Um, it's one of the, one of the technologies I'm most excited for, um, in the near future, you know, Terminator vision, you wear like some sort of specs and it paints the directions onto the, onto the sidewalk or. Oh, I, I restaurant would argue that it's, it's like already that. huge. I mean, look mm -hmm. how many people are actively using like even basic face filters whenever they Ooh. either live stream or create Snapchat content or Facebook content, or, you know, e even if like you're talking to your mom over a webcam, you can like start playing with funny faces and stuff. Right. That's I mean, true. all of that, it counts as AR. So I, I think, um, the market, as far as like its usability is already, you know, has a massive user base. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's and I weird because like I hadn't kind of, had really realized it, but, um, since you mentioned it, like Snapchat filters and things like that, um, uh, Adobe just put out their uh, Photoshop camera. It's an app on your phone, and in real time, it can like, cut out the sky and put in a different, it's like a space scene or- Oh, it or figures like out a, it's like volumetric, like spatial yeah, distancing, and then goes, cuts it out. It's really neat. This is, you, you pull your phone up, it says, find the sky, and then it'll cut out the trees and everything, and then replace the, 
the sky with some other scene in background. So like that kind oh, of I, thing. I, I bet meme lords absolutely love that feature. <laughs> no doubt, actually, yeah, for it's sure. It's just doing this and it's a bunch of doges all over the place. Right? Oh man. It's... Or, or coffin dancers or whatever oh, that's, That'd be clever. Oh, it's just, it's really, a really kind of amazing stuff what they're doing with just a cell phone these days. Um, I'm, I'm waiting for like other pieces of like AR to actually take hold where it's it's not ooh. just like the visual stuff. Okay. It's also like, you know, maybe you put a little microchip inside of your mouth and it makes everything you eat taste like ice cream. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. Like like most people don't realize like augmented reality isn't just visual stuff. It's right. also it's it's any of your senses. That's Man, that's an interesting angle of it too. I hadn't thought about that because, yeah, I suppose it would be any any sort of aspect of reality that gets augmented that way. Huh. Man, that is cool. I, you're blowing my mind here, giving me just <laughs> different different ways of thinking about things that I kind of didn't just never really realize already. And we're we're not even ten minutes into this. Well, that's well, really cool. That's, that's okay. I mean, I mean, the, the visual stuff is what most people get as like their very first experience into this whole whole realm right. and so when when that's your entire frame of reference it's very easy to just kind of assume that you know that's all it is but you know ar is actually so much more um i mean you can get to the point where um it maybe you lose like nerve endings you know in, in your body and you can't feel things and maybe you get some sort of wearable device or, or a neural link that basically makes it so you have simulated touch or you know there, there's a lot of things in like even like the medical field where this technology would be incredibly beneficial and i i lost you i don't have any audio your audio good then <laughs> something unplug <laughs> please stand by technical difficulties all right i can hear you Maybe. there we go i think we're back there we Hello? go toast, all right you're back toast. <laughs> Wow, I suppose when you deal with with technology, you'll have technical difficulties. So, apologize. Oh, Everything works great up until you go live. <laughs> I um, so on my uh, my OBS live streams, I actually have a technical difficulty uh, animation that I put ah. on just when I gotta go do things. <laughs> I will need to add that to my scenes for sure. I, I also made like a, like a water break one, where okay. it's just like water break, do do do, and it's like somebody just punching water for a straight minute. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's and which that's important. Hydration. I don't. I don't drink enough water at all. Uh, yeah. So, but um, that's a again. That's that's very interesting. Kind of a take where um, there's just more to it than than the visual aspect. The the they they are working on prosthetics where it'll bypass that sort of nerve damage and send tactile uh, information so like they can feel that they're grabbing a ball or whatever through through these I suppose just fake you know prosthetic hands and things like that and um, you don't really realize that that all kind of does come under that augmented reality umbrella that's really it's really interesting yeah I, um, <laughs> I went to the offices of this company called uh, Haptex 
and okay. they're um, I, I don't know what they're doing now I, I, I think they're still around um, but anyway they were working on this glove that basically has all these little like pressure points mm-hmm. and they had this unity experience where you would put your hand in this glove and then you would pick up objects on the table and you could like feel them and and they had like a little horse that would dance on your hand and you could like feel all the hooves into your hand oh. or they had like a stick of dynamite that you could hold and blow up in your hand and it would like like all wow. the center points would really quickly just expand across everything that's so not so like virtual virtual items you could feel with the glove yeah that's that's the whole uh that's the dream right i mean like for anybody who watched ready player one you know you put on the big haptic suit and you know you can feel all the touch and bullet holes and you know feathers or or whatever else is rubbing against you and your body yeah oh man that's well, kind of give you, kind of gives you a little bit of goosebumps, <laughs> kind of thinking of what what might be possible one day. Oh, I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's gonna be very cool. Um, yeah. Wow. Just it just, just once you start going down the the those thought thought path, it's just it gets it's so big, kind of incredible. I mean, I mean that should make for a great podcast, right? Right. Or, or yeah. Video show like this. For sure. Oh, that'd be fun because then we could actually like shake hands and kind of have a good. Yeah, yeah, we could like digitally high five and actually (laughs) feel it across the internet. (laughs) That'd be neat. Um, Right? Yeah. Wow. Man, you've you've already given me quite a lot to think about. This is going to (laughs) be very cool. I like how we're only twelve minutes in. (laughs) Yeah, I know, and I love that. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, So I noticed I noticed on your on your website um, one of the one of the I think it was one of the first things. Um, was a 360 film um, that you self-produced and animated? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, quoting so, from the website. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we um, we have a YouTube channel where we produce 360 animated shorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had a couple of viral successes. Um, our, our biggest one having 8.8 million views on it. Whoa. Uh, yeah, so we like, we'll take retro video games and we'll recreate them inside of C4D and After Effects. Okay. And then we'll, you know, output these, you know, 360 videos and put them out in the world. Yeah. Uh, but the way I got into it was there was this event called Seattle Fashion Week. And VR, I had just entered VR. It was like, I'm in like maybe year two of like the whole VR industry. The headsets uh, just came out and they were like, hey, we want VR stuff in our our show. And I was Mm -hmm. like, how long how long till the show they're like 30 days so you have 28 days to like get something together if you want to have it presented and i'm like uh that's cutting it close yeah i worked day and night uh to get my very first 360 animated experience uh ready and done and presentable um i had this fantastic composer who's now a a motion designer named adrian ladelia who did the music and i remember going hey man uh i want basically like the halo soundtrack sure and he's like okay and like an hour later he sends me back this two minute clip and it is so utterly beautiful i'm like crying hearing it for the first time i'm like how did you nail this he goes yeah easy you said halo what i do you wanted yeah yeah oh wow Uh, so it was called journey vr Mm -hmm. uh we showed it at seattle fashion week 
Okay. And then when it was at Seattle Fashion Week, somebody from SIF, the Seattle International Film Festival, saw it. And they're okay. like, hey, this year we're doing uh, like a real uh, entry level event at SIF just for 360 video content and VR experiences. And we would love to have this. Um, we'd love to have you submit this. Okay. And so I did. And it yeah. became an official selection <gasps> at SIF. And then somebody at Steam saw it. Steam? Oh. Yeah, at Steam. And like Valve. And yeah. they're like, hey, we're starting a 360 rental service on Steam. So you can rent 360 videos oh, on yeah. Steam and, okay. and view them inside your VR headset. Um, we would, uh, we think this would be perfect. Will you submit it and we'll give you a free credit. You normally you have to spend like a hundred dollars to get oh, something right. on steam and they waive the fee for me. Yeah. Uh, and I submitted it and it was the number one, three sixty video for the first 30 days. It was up. That's awesome. Right. Wow. Yeah. Wait, and then well, we put it on YouTube and it only has like now 25,000 views. I'm like, all right. Huh. <laughs> wow. So I'm curious. I've I've never come across a 360 video on YouTube, and I'm curious. So I imagine it it's kind of a VR like headset only kind of a thing. Like it'd be really uh, so, weird to watch it on a monitor, right? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think it is. Um, so you can actually watch it on your cell phone, and you can like look around because it has a gyroscope in it, right? Oh wow. Um, or you can you know view it on a desktop and just like use the mouse to look around. Oh, okay. Oh man, I'm gonna have to check that out. That's super cool. Um, okay, so I've, I'm, I'm curious how that works. So, cause I have, I have a neat little 360 camera. Um, but I imagine it's a little bit, what you did there was a little bit more complicated. Yeah, yeah, all the stuff we do <laughs> is actually animated. So, okay. so there is no live footage in any of the 360 video projects that we have currently up on okay. our YouTube channel. Oh. Uh, yeah, we've done about seven projects. Um, the first one was Journey, and then I did a, a music video called Proximate B with an EDM artist from Tokyo named Alzeal. Oh, cool. Uh, we did the Super Mario video. We have a Space Invaders one. And then uh, this week, actually Monday, uh, we put up our Sonic the Hedgehog. 360 video experience okay so it, it's very new and it takes about a month to hit like critical mass before it starts taking off on youtube right these things um <sighs> so i i have a good feeling like it's gonna start taking off in like the next 30 days all right all right yeah well you, you guys heard it here first so I, I mean um i guess give a little bit more insight into how like, how like you the, go from what the processes yeah from start to finish um so yeah so the first step is of course research planning um script building if you do something more um you know involving like characters having to talk or whatever okay and the script writing process for doing a 360 video with like characters and stuff versus you know a traditional like animated like non-speaking thing is completely different sure. um and you have to basically write for four different quadrants so in front of you backside you know okay left right um and you can basically write for one of two roles. Uh, you're basically God view or, or fly on the wall mm -hmm. or you're, you know, a single character in in the film. Oh, neat. Okay. Yeah, so those are basically the two roles that you're you're writing for. If okay. you're doing a straight 360 video, if you're doing something more interactive, you're going to want to like a, a pitch Bible or an animation Bible. And that's what game studios use. 
Okay. Um, yeah, so it seems for, like there would be there would be some similarity between game design and. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So uh, the bigger successes that we've had is actually taking retro video games mm-hmm. and making them into animated shorts. Neat. So like the one that had you know 8.8 million views on it, that is you know it's it's Super Mario. It is level one of Super Mario. It's just you going through getting to the castle at the end of the bridge. Okay. Or at end of the level. And so step one is is of course your research. So I went in and I found like uh, through a Google search, I found the entire first level, you know, yeah. because people map it out so you can see where everything is. Right. Uh, step two is figuring out the one-to-one size um, for for the for the video, and then going into uh, your 3D program, whether that's Blender or Maya or C4D, which is what I use. And then yeah. I have to basically go, okay, so 100 centimeters is, you know, a block. And that's the size that I'm going to use for everything inside the level. And after I've marked it out where everything is, I know, okay, it's, it's 250 blocks along and then so many, you know, pieces, here's where the flower comes up. Here's where the mushroom comes up. And then I grab a video of going through the whole level. And then I try to match the movements frame by frame all the way across. Wow. Yeah. So I, so I basically take (laughs) one camera, put it into a null, and then I take a second camera, put it on the side to watch the null. And then I know where to pinpoint where all the movements based on the timeline where they need to be. Jeez. Yeah. When it's, uh, it's a very long process. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Mario took us, uh, it took me 11 weeks to make. Wow. And it's only a minute and a half long. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking a- at it right now. Animation takes forever to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. And what would so that's interesting. Is it is is it every every part of animation that takes forever to do or is there any one particular spot that kind of hangs up? Uh, I, I think doing camera movements and trying to get timing right is really difficult for me. Uh, oh. I'm definitely more of like the modeling, directing, producing side. Uh, if, you know, we, we had somebody we could, you know, bring in to do animation stuff, we would. Uh, we're just not quite there yet. So it's it's still me doing it all. And um, the one thing we do usually hire out is for the music. Oh, sure. OK. Yeah, because that's okay. just not my wheelhouse. Sure. Um, so I know I know you just recently did a video as well, um, kind of like for us. Yeah. Oh yeah, we we. Uh, so full disclosure, no, it's it's very public. Uh, yeah. We are sponsored by Puget Systems. That's part of the reason why uh, they invited us on, me on, and they hooked us up with this eleven thousand uh, dollar super render PC which yeah. they were nice enough to uh, actually engrave our logo and stuff into the case. And it is it is sweet. We actually nicknamed it Betty. Why is that? Uh, Hulkbuster. Oh, got it. Yep. Right? Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, if you get that right off the top, I'm like, oh, you're that kind of nerd. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So what were you using before that? Uh, we were using, well, I have this Alienware laptop. And we had like an MSI Triton 3 that we're using. And one of the big pain points for us was simply just rendering stuff out. Uh And we really had to have this conversation with you guys because 
it took us nine months to render out our Pac-Man 360 video. It, it was taking us 18 minutes a frame. So it, wow. t- so it took us effectively 156 days to to render approximately 156 wow. days. But we then did like a test render on the Puget Systems PC. It took mm-hmm. 37 seconds. Wow. It would have taken us four to five days to render out that same video on this machine versus like the nine months it took us to. And then, of course, nine months. I mean, that's us rendering when we're not using the PC for like work and stuff. Right. Right. Like we, it's like, okay, you know, I'm asleep. That's eight hours of render. Let's get it done. Wow. Yeah. So you guys really that's helped huge. us out. Uh, I, I know it took us a little while to start pumping out the content based <laughs> around the PC. So, you know, we, we got that review video uh, yeah. I, for anybody interested in a PC. Um, I'm very biased at this point FYI, <laughs> just because I do love it so much. And it's been such a big help. Yeah. Uh, and then we rendered out the um, the Sonic the Hedgehog video on the first uh, loaner PC. You guys got us before we got this one. Okay. And, and now we're just starting to work on our next one. Wow. So, um, having, having this kind of more powerful tool, um, has that changed how you approach, um, I suppose like this new project and projects going into, going into the future? Like, do you, has there, I suppose a better way of phrasing that is like, has there, has there been things in the past where you're like, man, we just can't do that. It would take too long or it's just too, too big that now well, you're well, like, Hey, well, based on the fact that, you know, we allowed ourselves to take nine months to render out Pac-Man. I, sure. I don't think it, it, you know, it's, it's something would be like, ah, that's going to take too long. Cause you know, okay. eventually it'll get done. Right. Right. But the, our biggest pain point has, has been rendering. Like mm-hmm. I can animate, I can get it, you know, one-to-one, I can just turn down the settings and I can watch it in, in real time, just at a lower rate. But rendering has been the biggest hurdle that we've had to come up against uh, sure. in this industry and trying to get content out fast enough. And for anybody who is basically a YouTuber, they, they tell you to put out one video a week. At least, yeah. Well, yeah, sure. one, or at least one video a week. Well, here's the thing. As an animator, as somebody who makes animated shorts, you don't have that luxury. <laughs> so being able to like pump out as much content as you can, um, as fast as you can, it's still going to take like months to do, right? Right. So that's that's where we are. And being able to go down from nine months of render time to like a week, I mean, that's an incredible time Huge. saver. Yeah. And so, you know, we're so, so freaking grateful for the uh, for the sponsorship. Mm. Cool. It's I'm excited to see how it all works out. This is Look, I, I love hearing the stories of of time saved and being able to to just kind of get more done. Is Look, my good. eye might not work right now, but that Puget Systems PC sure does. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, oh, cool. We do have we have some cool uh, some questions from from YouTube. Um, sure. Royston Cinemo he asks there's two two questions mush them together. Um, can you explain the process of 360 camera in C4? D and also uh, is there any plugin or did you export multiple angles and stitch them in AE? Okay, so when you 
do straight out of C40, you can actually take your regular camera and there's a little button that turns into a spherical camera. Oh. And then you just make sure that your uh, settings are appropriate for a ecto rectangular map, which is yeah, uh, <laughs> 4320, I think. I, okay. I gotta look it up. But you can basically do a Google search going, hey, what is the, uh, what's the 4K resolution for uh, an ecto rectangular map? And you look it up and then you export as a PNG sequence. And then you drop all of those frames into Premiere. And you do a PNG sequence because if your computer crashes <laughs> trying to render it, you don't lose all your work. Oh. Yeah. Clever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're, you... you're effectively rendering out frames anyway. It's just sure. by making it separate, it doesn't like drop and you lose all your work or it becomes unusable. Huh. And then you can look for little inconsistencies within it while it's rendering out frames down the road. And then if huh. you have to change like one or two things, you can actually figure out where those changes happen and then just replace those frames. Oh, that's nice. Instead of having to kind of redo the whole thing yeah. from the beginning. Wow, that's pretty cool. Okay. Hmm. Uh, and then when you're talking about uh, After Effects, um, the best way to do it is uh, I do 3D stuff inside of After Effects, mm -hmm. and I use a plugin called Element 3D to be okay. able to do it. Okay. Now, there's a company called Metal who actually sold their 360 video um, conversion software to Adobe a couple of years ago. And that's actually the VR system that they have inside of After Effects. Oh. And so basically what you do is you create a one-to-one -one scale uh, composition. Uh, I do mm -hmm. 1080p by 1080p. You okay. drop in a layer, you drop element into it, and then you do all your uh, setup work by bringing in your models or your, you know, your textures or whatever you need inside of your 3D scene. And then you go and you basically hit your VR settings, change to um, composition or change to master. And then it converts it over to an ecto rectangular map. And basically what it does is it sets up six different cameras as a cube map. And then it takes that cube map and converts it over to an ecto rectangular map. Wow. I. I didn't quite understand a whole all of that stuff, but I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure those who are, who have their fingers more deeply into this scene are I, going to be like, I, I think yeah, this is, that, that makes. I all think this is sense. definitely like a, a visual process. Sure, you know something you have to see. Okay, and um, I have some older videos on uh, our YouTube channel that actually explains this process. Oh, cool. um, okay. it's, it's extremely outdated and the process has actually changed, mm -hmm. but it's, it's based, it's based on the original metal software before Adobe bought the plugin. Okay. Okay. So has, has that, I suppose with that explanation, things haven't changed too much compared to, uh, the videos you're talking no, no, I, I just think it's it's more uh, succinct in, in okay. terms of things less likely to crash because now it's part of the actual system. Right, okay. Versus a plugin. Cool. Well, I hope uh, Royston says thanks. Um, he says PNG is my go-to every time. Mine is a potato PC. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the, yeah, I suppose... Um, Early on, like um, I think, I think it kind of mentioned on the on your site that you're you're somewhat self-taught in a way. Um, yeah. Uh, so I am. Um 
yeah, like I, I entered this field when there wasn't anything available to like teach you how to do it. Sure. And so I had to kind of piece everything together. Like my background is actually, um, I originally went to school for graphic and web design. Okay. But when you learn like web design, you learn flash animation, or, or at least when I went to school, you did. Yeah. I and then when you learn flash animation, you learn cartooning, and then you want to learn video production based on that cartooning. Okay. And when I was at my very first internship, uh, a friend of mine named Joseph Cliff, who fantastic comedy writer, by the way, uh, he actually wrote like uh, a Looney Tunes episode and hey. he wrote like the Shrek webisodes and Lego Ninjago. And we've been friends since like community college. We actually were from the same town, same reservation. Um, and he wrote this movie called Just Never Loads. And he hit me up. He's like, hey, man, uh, I need VFX stuff for this film I'm doing. Can I get you to help? And I was like, sure, let me learn After Effects in two weeks. <laughs> and, wow. and I did. I, I self-taught myself After Effects by following, like, Andrew Kramer tutorials. <laughs> yep. And, yep. you know, just anything else I could find on, on YouTube. And I did this stuff and it was it was a lot of fun it, so that basically put me on this like weird pathway of just self-learning um software that i didn't know before and then after effects actually became my entry-level tool into the vr industry when metal produced that vr plugin okay and that was actually the pipeline i used for my first Now I lost you. Uh, 360 video films. Uh, go back just a little bit. Your first three, and then it kind of froze again. We're we're having we're experiencing technical difficulties all around. Okay, uh, so <laughs> that After Effects pipeline. Mm -hmm. um, that I started out with on that film, oh, um, okay. I actually continued on that process of just trying to master After Effects, and that was the tool that I used for my first 360 video um, piece, Journey VR. Okay. Because Metal created that plugin, I was like, oh hey, I can do 360 video with 3D models in After Effects. That's the game changer. That's, That's how so I'm going to cool. do this. Right. And so I, I did that for Journey VR, and that was actually the same um, uh, method or, or tool set that I used for uh, for Mario. Okay, that's neat. Do you have a? Do you run into any issue? Um, you know, Mario, Sonic, things like that. Do does Nintendo or Sega? Um, do you do you have to ask permission for that sort of thing? Uh, do they... We don't ask for permission, um, <laughs> but we do not monetize those videos. Okay. 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 So we don't monetize them, um, and they still perform very well. Mm -hmm. And basically, our whole what we're doing right now is we're, we're just trying to get that first like hundred thousand subscribers. Okay. Um, so we can be like, now we have an audience. Now we can go work with bigger companies to build original 360 video content in which we can then monetize. So, um, this might be a, a, a what, um, what, what benefit, I suppose, what, what makes a 360 video experience better than 2D? 
so if you do it with a VR headset on, um, mm-hmm. you get more of the world that you're in. Okay. Right? You. So there's this. Um, the, you want to hear some science? Yes. <laughs> okay. So I love your, the science. So your memory retention inside of virtual reality, even a 360 video, mm-hmm. is better than in the real life. Wow. And the reason behind that is part of your brain. Um, can't remember if it's the left or the right. I think it's the right side. Um, you have this uh, section called the hippocampus. Okay. And that section of your brain is responsible for taking your short-term memory and converting it into long-term memory. Right. Okay. And inside of that section of your brain, you have what are called GPS cells. <laughs> Oh. And that's your evolutionary response of being able to find your way back to your home or your tribe or your, your cave, so to okay. speak. And so when you get in your car, they fire off and you get to the edge of the street. They fire off when you get to the, uh, you know, the highway, they fire off when you get to work, they fire off. And okay. So you can find your way back home at the end of the day. Well, the, uh, some scientists did this crazy experiment with rats or, or mice and they put them in identical mazes except for one was in VR or or with little screens and stuff and what they found out is when you're in VR because you're not in the real world those and you're not evolutionarily trained for it Mm -hmm. those GPS cells fire off frequently and randomly than than normally because your mind is kind of trying to like map out this digital environment okay so if you're trying to like learn a new language do it in 360 video interesting yeah huh oh wow i wonder i wonder if that's because it's like um i suppose there's like a, a sense of novelty to it like um like you know walking down the street you're used to seeing that environment and so like maybe you're a little your brain's a little lazy about it but in the in the 360 it's something I, kind of I, new I and different i don't think it is i i think we're we're prone to notice things in movement a little bit better okay uh so i used to work at a digital signage company and that's where i had my first internship and then i became an art director of the same place uh, a couple months later and what we found out was when you had digital signs that were animated mm-hmm. um people wouldn't always remember what the message was but they would remember the movement and they were 30 percent more likely to buy from something that was animated over something that was static wow. so there, okay. there's a good chance that it's probably along the lines of the same percentage yeah. of memory retention with vr as it is with digital signage huh. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. Oh, you're learning something, learning something completely different than uh, than what I would have expected. Yeah, I <laughs> imagine. So, like Puget Systems is, you know, um, a manufacturer, and you you guys build custom PCs, right. and I'm I'm sure you guys like train people to build PCs too, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So if you had a virtual reality experience of being able to like pick up pieces and put them in, mm-hmm. their learning curve would be so much further. Well, I'm, I guess I'm going to have to talk to John and get a um, PC building simulator as uh, a part of our training process. Yeah, give uh, me a call. Because <laughs> that would be pretty cool, actually. Plus, 
I mean, well, there are there are other benefits I think in that because like then you're not running the risk of like breaking expensive parts or right. You know, I, I mean, scratching things. The cost and... for like um, testing <laughs> things out before like frying out you know CPUs and yeah. RAM and you know everything else. I mean, yeah. you would save money and time <laughs> so much in the long run. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's an interesting take. I wonder. Uh... We'll talk. We'll yeah, talk more we'll after the show. We'll to, yeah, we'll <laughs> kind of investigate that a little bit further. That'd be that'd be kind of interesting, because um, there is there is actually a video game called PC Building Simulator that um, is actually very accurate. They work with a lot of um, not to way off topic, but they do work with a lot of the hardware manufacturers to um, recreate like um, 3D models of parts and things so that they are accurate within the game. It's a interesting. Yeah, but thought. is it Puget Systems branded? No, it's not. Uh, but <laughs> it could be. It could be because not only. I mean, that could be. Well, we'll talk about that later. It'd be very fun, and I think it'd be a really interesting. A little, even if it were just some sort of like goofy little tech demo or something, it'd be fun and interesting. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Jonathan. Do do Jonathan Boring says, "Hey." Hi. <laughs> How you doing? Um, I uh, I wanted to talk about your VR talk show. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things that my company actually the reason we had to start the company is because we sold a show. Okay. Uh, it was called Glitched. It ran for three seasons. Uh, it was it started out on Alt Space, um, and Alt Space was in the process of creating like 16 shows for for their platform and i just happened to follow the guy who got hired to make those shows happen and some of the other shows were like reggie watts uh justin roiland who who created the show rick and morty had a show uh there was josh which was sarah silverman michael sarah tim and eric they had a show and then and then i got offered a show and I grabbed uh, my partner Topher Welsh, which you guys know from After Effects Seattle. Yep. And people, some people don't know this, but he actually used to be a radio talk show host. Oh, or, or he, was? he was on the radio. He was on Funky Monkey. Oh, for, for a long time. Okay. And so I was like, oh, dude, you have this magnetic personality. You know tech. Uh, I'm. We're both very interested in VR. This amazing opportunity for a meeting popped up to basically create our own talk show. Yeah. Um, let's let's do it. And so I called every like YouTube big YouTuber <laughs> I knew yeah. to try to get them. Like, hey man, I heard you have eight hundred thousand subscribers. Want to come on a show? Right. Um, and talk tech with us. And we'll build you, uh, you know, models and stuff. Well, anyway, Altspace went under. Uh-huh. And a few months later, uh, Microsoft... Uh-oh. <laughs> Microsoft would actually buy them out. Did I, did I freeze again? Just right after you said Microsoft. <laughs> oh, so Microsoft bought them out and then okay. brought them back from the dead, essentially. Oh, neat. And... These technical difficulties. We had this show this there season of it, and that's when Philip Rosedale. Did we freeze again? Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Uh, so, 
everybody lost their show uh-huh. and Microsoft bought Altspace a few months later and brought them back from the dead. And during that time, we were like, we have this show. What do we do with it? And that's when Philip Rosedale and his team over at High Fidelity went, hey, guys, we really like your show, which to us meant, you know, you probably couldn't afford anybody else on that roster, Aww. right? <laughs> which is which is totally fine. We're super grateful for the opportunity, and and we love everybody at High Fidelity. They they were like an amazing team to work with. Uh, and they're like, hey, uh, we want you to come to our platform. And we're like, well, Altspace was plug and play. Everything was like, you know, set up for us with you guys. You're a sandbox. You oh. know, you have custom avatars and worlds. And it would take like 60 days of just runtime to get everything put together for this show. And they were like, that's okay. Um, how much for a season? And you know, we we went back and forth, and we effectively sh- sold uh, this in VR talk show to this social network. Wow. Yeah, and 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 to our knowledge, and nobody had really done this before. Uh, there was like Gunther's Universe and his political talk show, which were you know him out of a um, an RV. There was the Foo Show, which was crowdfunded, but we were the first like real in VR show to be ordered as if we were like a TV show. That's amazing. Right? And we actually got renewed by them for another season. So that was our third season. And we flew down to like Hollywood to get photogrammetry dupe scans from the company called Dube uh, for duplication. So we looked just like us. We were the headline. We were one of the headliners at VRLA. And we had I Justine as our guest. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. Yeah. No, we've had like this amazing roster of people who have come on our show between doing the NBR show and our podcast. We had like Jake Roper from Vsauce. We had Philip Rosedale. We, you know, we had, uh, we had, have had all these amazing, amazing people. And it was such an amazing experience to do. That's neat. And that's really cool too, because like even now, you don't really hear much about that kind of a thing like it still seem it still seems very niche um it, it was very niche <laughs> yeah but, but still like um like it, it was it was expensive enough and like forward thinking enough that we got an imdb credit for it <laughs> hey that's pretty cool wow and and yeah i'm, I'm actually i'm a little i'm kind of curious why there isn't some kind of more push on that sort of a thing because um with like with the the popularity of um uh what is it there's like a, a game on yeah that's the one vr yeah. chat and, and things like that um i'm, I'm just curious why you, I'm, now i'm like well how come we aren't seeing more of that kind of a thing uh, i i think you are i think you're just maybe i'm not you're, plugged you're, into the you're right not scene. in the space to look for it so it's not popping up on your recommended sure that makes sense yeah, yeah so, I don't, so I don't if your content stuff, so. was like i love vr chat i love roblox vr i love minecraft vr i mean that's what youtube is going to show you right that makes sense sure sure yeah huh man there's just so much now that the more and more I do this sort of talk show thing, the more and more I realize that I'm I'm only privy to such a tiny little slice of of the of content creation in general. Oh yeah, that's there's, how the world works, right? So much going on that is just I'm constantly like in a state of mind blown, and like how do I how do I even keep up? 
Well, that's, that's because social networks are designed to become echo chambers to reflect whatever your personal views and interests are. Sure, that's true. So, I mean, if you only follow certain creators, that's all you're going to see. If you're, you know, only have some, you know, whatever your p- political affiliation is, that's, mm-hmm. you know, usually the sort of content that's going to be presented to you. It's just right. reinforce your ideas and, and your worldview. Plus, that's also why I get to do this show so that I can expose myself to other um I just other topics that I wouldn't otherwise yeah. like I think that's one of the best things about doing this is like I'm I'm very much as as much as I'm plugged into the tech world and PCs and things um I'm still very much an average Joe, you know. Um and so it's it's I'm just endlessly fascinated to see what the what is being done with the tools that we that for one that we create but also just in 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 a general sense as well just what is being done out there is just incredible it's constantly um just just imagine where we're going to be in like 10 to 15 years from now yeah that's an interesting segue where do you think we will be Um, in 5 10 15 years i think with the push for um viewer adoption and um online media live Mm -hmm. doing it through like zoom or google hangout or whatever else uh, I think our world is going to become a lot more um, uh, telelocation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like, I, I think more schools are going to become online or, or give online options. And I think COVID is a really good, um, basically, uh, like a catalyst to, like, show us what exactly is possible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so many companies had to go, okay, everybody, you're working from home right now. And then everyone's <laughs> like, I re- I feel so much more productive working from home. Can I just keep doing this even when their offices open back up? And then yeah. companies might go, you know, why did we, why were we paying $20,000 a month for this office when right. we can just have everybody do their job from home? Yeah. Right. That's, a, it, that's cool. So, so I think with the, with that whole movement, um, we're, we're getting closer and closer to this thing called the metaverse, yep. uh, which is uh, for anybody who doesn't know, it's the eventual replacement of the internet. I mean, like what comes after the internet, right? It's it's right. the metaverse. In Ready Player One, it was called the Oasis. And oh, dang it, dang it! It's called you know Tron. Are we back? <laughs> yeah. So in, in Tron, it was <laughs> it was Tron in the Matrix. Right. It was called Matrix. Sure. Uh, so there are all these like Hollywood variations of what it is to be part of an online uh, virtual reality community. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think eventually you might just go to work, put on a VR or AR headset and have screens populate around you uh, for, uh, you know, four or $500 headset versus, you know, five grand in like big PC displays. Right. Right. So, and I think there's some things that we need to do to actually get there, uh, such as everybody needs beastie PCs to, to run these headsets. Right. And if you don't, you have to have some sort of 
backside rendering system. So I think like uh, Google Stadia is really interesting as a as a concept and a, an idea because Ooh, sure. you can run the most render intensive programs or or experiences on your you know three hundred dollar iPad, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Versus um, you probably would need a $11,000 PC to be able to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Which, like, I mean, one way or the other, the the hardware, the, that beefy hardware is going to be somewhere, whether it's on your desk oh, or absolutely. in a server room somewhere. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah. I'm, I don't see myself using like Google Stadia to render out, you know, my massive workforce. Right. 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 I, I, so I think for running like small games, you know, that might be one way to do it yeah. but you know if you need like a giant local connection to to do it because here's the thing even if you have you know google stadia to do it in vr mm-hmm. uh to run uh, a program in vr across the internet there is a latency sure. and when there's that sort of latency it can make you sick oh yeah 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 so, and that's basically that that disconnect of like frame rates versus what your inner ear is doing yeah, that's that's what creates people to get sick. So <laughs> just reading in the car. It, yeah. That's so what, yeah. so if you're doing like you know smaller games like God of War or something, Google Stadia is fine. If you're doing big VR stuff, um, and you want to avoid the possibility of a latency, you know, having an at-home PC is where you're going to want to do it. Right. Right. Oh, that'll be really cool. Um. Uh, I've seen I've seen things like um, like Second Life and stuff. I've I've kind of there have been I've played around with some of the precursors to things like Second Life and things like that way back in the day, mm-hmm. where um, where you know you would have your sort of virtual space like a plot of land essentially, and you could build it up however you like, and it was almost it was almost like um, some people took advantage of that in a way to make. Um, like a three-dimensional website, or it wasn't—it wasn't just like The Sims or anything. Uh, some people did it that way; they could make a home or or whatnot. But there were some people who took advantage of it in a way that I could see even then the evolution of it would be like you were saying ready player one or or the matrix in the in the sense of of um the internet becoming a a a a world unto itself where you you want to go to a website you actually like almost drive to it um like they did that in uh snow crash neil stevenson uh i always liked that kind of concept of the of the metaverse as you put it where there were virtual locations and they represented like a website or a server or uh or those sorts of um physical concepts uh it's it's really funny that you mentioned um second life because second life actually became high fidelity oh hey right on Uh, okay no no no. they're they're both backed by like linden labs oh yeah no so they're basically the same concept except for one is 2d and one is in br sure oh neat yeah (laughs) but yeah i I definitely i definitely think that that there will there'll be kind of that layer on top of the internet where um it'll be another world in a sense that you travel around and have those experiences It'll be really cool. And gaming, of course, is pushing pushing that technology forward in a big way, I think. Yeah. So as far as like the other things that we kind of need for um, mm-hmm. 
for like the metaverse to actually take hold. Uh, one would be interconnectivity. So basically we need fast enough um, computers mm-hmm. to basically get it so you can walk through a door in one program and end up in another program. Right. And so I, I think having things like 6G is oh, going to okay. be really important. Okay. Uh, I lost your video. That's odd. Where did, why did my video disappear? Your video went down. That's not, what is going on? <laughs> I have, it's okay. We'll be back folks. Technical I'm still here. Difficulties. I'm still here, I promise. Mm. Do you want me to just keep talking? Yes, please. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> there, there uh, go. so basically you need a, um, I think 6G is going to be really fascinating because with 5G, you get about 100 gigabytes a second okay. in, in transfer speed. But with 6G, uh, I, I think you get about 32 terabytes estimated. Holy cow. Right. And so can you imagine rendering out 30 or get 32 gigabyte or terabytes of information per second into your VR world? That's, uh, I mean, that's photorealistic at that point. Like it's, yeah. that's, holo- yeah, that's holodeck, holodeck style. Like, wow. Right? <laughs> That'd be, man, that's incredible. I would, I love it. I, I think that's going to be, yeah, VR, or the, actually, since I've now learned this term, XR in, in the broader sense is is going to be really fascinating. I'm, I'm really excited to see the the improvements and, and developments in that space um, from every angle. It's, it's going to be really uh, I, I think the last thing um, from that like roster of things that you need to have that metaverse is um, self-identity through versus on all of your platforms. Oh, sure. So sure. like, um, say like, you know, I went down and I got a duplication scan. And so I have a photogrammetry model of myself. Mm-hmm. Right? right. But I want to be me when I'm in VR chats. And then when I play Doom, and then right. when I play Beat Saber, and I want to be able to take that avatar or that digital version of me or how I feel like I need to be represented mm-hmm. and basically have it throw, throughout everything. Yeah. And maybe you self-identify as a 12-foot wolf man sure. uh, with a cape on. I don't know. Yeah. And so... <laughs> You get to go be a furry in in whatever version of the internet you you want to be in. I, essentially, I, universe. I really like that that idea. Um, that that sort of um, to use a term from the Matrix, they call that your digital self image, mm-hmm. right? But I, I like the idea of be of of customizing that to be who who you see yourself as um, in a more. Um, I suppose esoteric way, like, okay. like you know, because yeah, maybe maybe I don't want to be me. I don't like me in the in the meat space. I don't. I want to be, you know. I really. I, I just want to be that whatever cat girl from Final <laughs> Fantasy fourteen or something. And but that's that's the that's I- the version of me that I you know, uh, uh, attached to the most. And like, I think that is important to be able to take that with you wherever you go. Look, if you identify as something else um, than the skin you're born in, I, I think this is a great uh, solution um, in, in the short term. 
Mm -hmm. to, you know, help you realize, you know, what that self identity actually is. So maybe, you know, you're, you're a guy and you, you feel like you're a girl or, or vice versa. And this way you can have a skin, even digital, that is probably very therapeutic to have. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. That's a, that's an interesting facet of, of that to, to mention. Yeah. Because yeah, others are going to see that skin and just assume that's that's you and mm-hmm. mean that's how you see yourself. I think it's incredibly beneficial socially. Yeah, absolutely. Because... I have to say, for and for having been, um, I've played a lot of MMOs um, from from the very beginning, um, basically, and um, like from when I was a kid. Nobody knew I was a kid, and that was uh, very liberating. I could be. I was. I was judged by the what I said and how I conducted myself, um, not based off of how I looked in the world. Because everybody, you know, you had you could have like a weird duck head or like, you know, a octopus body and all kinds of. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter because people people judge you by, you know, just like quite literally more on the the content of your character just how you conducted yourself in these worlds so much more so than than what you looked like and i think that is that is a really cool and interesting uh touch point um we uh so so we you know we we live in this world where it's it's very it's very normal to hear people accosting other people over like chat yeah in in video games or like xbox or ps but when you get into like vr and you see people as uh a digital being you, you tend to be a lot nicer yeah that's true uh so i i think vr in itself is one of the most empathetic technologies ever invented I mean, you can jump into an experience and literally be in someone else's shoes. Uh, when I first started in this industry, I volunteered at an event called uh, CIFX. Okay. And this was the year before I went to CIF. And I volunteered because I was like, I'm going to get to play video games or, or see these like 360 videos or, you know, whatever else. And it'll be a lot of fun. And the experience that they had me help run was actually the Nani de la Pena uh, experiences. Okay. Uh, she was um, an immersive journalist and a journalist for about 20 years. And she had created probably six different experiences that were all very like socially aware. So like you were a woman going through Planned Parenthood or you were um, you were watching a domestic abuse event happen and the audio you were hearing was from a real 911 call. Wow. Or you had a VR headset and a rumble pack and you were a child in Syria and bombs got dropped on your village, you know, and just like you could hear the screams and and everything. And, you know, we would have these guys come in who are like, what's up, bro? Let's play video games. And then like they would leave me like women are people. I need to call my mom, you know, you know, just like you when you're put into other people's shoes, you become more aware of, you know, how the world actually works. Yeah. And it's, and it just doesn't actually revolve around you. So I think taking, um, 
taking funds and, you know, helping progress this industry as immersive and empathetic as it is, is incredibly important to our own evolution as a society. No, I agree. That's, that's, I mean, that's heavy stuff, but like combined with what you were saying about, um, you know, the GPS cells and things like that, like it 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 has to it has to affect you on such a such a deeper level than just like reading about it or or you know watching a, a, a regular video about those topics like to because you're you're in it and you you you're almost forced to live to, to live it in a in a really very real way yeah it's it's choosing yeah. it's choosing to reprogram different viewpoints of your of, of how you see the world basically yeah. I mean, wow. we, we are a reflection of the world that we experience, right? Right. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you take in, Man. you know, just terrible content all the time, you might end up being kind of a an a hole, right? Terrible person. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if you but if you take in like very like you know loving, socially aware, um, you know, empathetic experiences, you know, you might be like more empathetic to the people around you. You might be more. Um, understanding of what other people are going through and you might be like oh yeah that person's being a jerk but you know what their mom could have died this morning and i would never know right you know so i'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt yeah i think yeah that 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 level of empathy um is missing a lot not not to go down in a, a more uh, so, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, wow, dang man, that is, oh, man, I, that 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 really that really kind of touched me in a in a in a big way. Um, and I, I hope that there is more of that. Um, I, hope, no. I do hope that there's more of that out there that that kind of opens people's eyes. Well, we hope to, you know, help push those, you know, boundaries as well. Thanks for the sponsorship. Yeah. Hey, no. And, and, and thank you for the perspective. Like I hadn't, um, this conversation with you has really kind of given me new insight into a lot of different things, not just some of that more somber talk there at the end, but just, just in general, like of how there's, there's just, there's always more to the, the different varieties of content creation than, than than you expect absolutely so, and and um with on that bombshell to steal from uh <laughs> another show <laughs> um thank you we've 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 a little over our hour and um and, and i just want to thank you very much uh eugene for joining us today um it's my I, pleasure uh, houston thank, and thank you for for kind of opening us up to the the perspectives that you that was really really cool of you i i really appreciate it but it, it from from the bottom of my heart this is this has been an incredible chat with you and i really really appreciate it thank you very much a little bit more uh, emotional than a the average tech show huh it, it really was it really was and i appreciate it because it, because like it's not just it's not just the tech it's not just the hardware it's not just like uh, you know it's not just goofy videos on youtube like they're the things that you and others like you do um has a real effect and um whether it's whether it is entertainment or educational or or anywhere in between um it really does change the world it makes a big difference and thank you for that my pleasure 
Um, and thank you as well to the audience for joining us today. Um, we do this every Wednesday and most Fridays. Next Friday, this coming Friday, um, we're taking off. Um, but Wednesdays, we bring industry experts on to provide a little bit more perspective on uh, their industry, what they do, how they do it, and, and the effect that it has on others. Now that we've had Eugene here, oh, <laughs> it's really been cool. Um, so set your calendar, 1 p.m. Pacific time, Wednesdays and Fridays. Um, and again, thank you. Thank you, YouTube, for, for joining us. Um, Anytime. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs> I'll see you guys next time. Bye.